Okay. Hello and welcome to the Sport Professor Podcast, the show for the sports student and fan who wants to learn more about the underpinnings of the sporting world. I'm your professor, Dr. Drew Sikansky, and today we will examine one of the most common questions college professors receive, and that is, what do I need to do to be successful in college and land my dream job afterwards? Today, with the help from former students working in various jobs across recreation and sport, we will examine eight tips to being a successful college student. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Sport Professor Podcast. Now, to provide a bit of perspective for where these tips are coming from, I have been a professor of recreation sport management for the past six years at Coastal Carolina University. Before that, I received my Ph.D. in sport management and a master's in sport management from The Ohio State University, where I also taught for three years. So over the course of the last 10 years, I have had hundreds and hundreds of students that I have taught across numerous classes, which include sport law, risk management, introduction to recreation, sport management, marketing, consumer behavior, research, to name a few. So these rules that I've come up with, or these tips that we've come up with, uh, serve across all these classes in really any major. You don't have to be a recreation sport management students for these rules to apply to you. These are good rules uh, across college for students to remember uh, as they're trying to set themselves up to be successful as a student and as they set themselves up to get a job once they're done. So the first tip that I have for college students is learn how to write a professional email. Now, this goes in multiple directions. Um, students often make so many mistakes when they're trying to or attempting to write professional emails to professors, uh, employers, or even potential employers. One research article that I came across uh, stated in 2018 that the three most common mistakes when people are trying to write emails are being vague in their subject line, not proofreading the email before they send it, and ending emails abruptly with poor sign-offs. Adding to this, professors and employees often note some of the biggest mistakes they see students make in writing email is improper introductions, improper grammar, and often an overall lack of professionalism. So what do we mean by lack of professionalism? Oftentimes, students come across very demanding. Instead of starting an email with dear Mr., Mrs., Miss, Professor, or Doctor, they just jump right in and state in one or two sentences what they want or what they need without recognizing that they're being rude in doing so. So the first step in writing a professional email is always make sure you start an email by addressing the person by their professional name. If you're not sure what the proper name is, it is always better to err on the side of caution and award them a higher title such as doctor or professor um, than to give them just a normal title such as Mr. or Mrs. I will tell you, with college professors, you should always address your first email to them as doctor and then their last name. If they are not a doctor, if they do not have their PhD, they will correct you in the follow-up email and say, please refer to me as professor, or they will sign it as professor so-and-so. 
for a business email, always go with Mr. or Mrs. And again, if they have a different title that they prefer to go by, they will correct you in the follow-up email. But please do not, do not, do not uh, use the individual's first name. Please make sure you do use their last name. By using the first name, what we're signifying is a relationship that is much more casual. Uh, These are individuals that are not your friends. These are individuals with whom you are trying to work or your professors, they're teaching you. So please make sure you do not use their first name and do use their last name. Now, the second aspect of learning how to write a professional email is please, please, please make sure you read it twice before you send it. I always tell my students, if you're asking anyone to read your email, it's only fair that you read it first. Always remember there's no quicker way to lose a job than to have typos and errors in the letters and emails that you're sending out. I know I've reviewed hundreds of resumes for students to try to help them get jobs. And I always tell them when I find an error that that error, that typo, that is enough for me not to hire them. Because in the field of recreation and sport, for any single job opening, there are hundreds of applicants. And oftentimes it comes down to very small things to tell one student apart from another. So please make sure that you read your email twice before you send it to make sure it does not have any errors in it. Now, there's a number of great softwares out there that will that will spell check things for you. Obviously, if you type something up in a Word document, there's spell check there. But the one that I prefer is actually called Grammarly. It's free to download and it will automatically before spelling and grammar checks in your email. If you want a a more expensive program, there is a premier version of it that you can also use. Now, when you're proofreading, one of the things that you need to make sure you look for is what I call text lingo. Remember, this is an email. It is not a text conversation with your friends or your family. There should be no abbreviations in email. There's no LOLs. There's no ha-has. There are no emojis. Once you get to know someone through the work, through work, if you want to email individuals that way as you develop a more and more informal relationship, that's another thing. But no email to a professor should have those types of abbreviations. No cover letter or email to a potential employer should have that either. Now, one of the things I mentioned that's been found in research is that oftentimes we send out, or we send out emails with subject lines that are confusing. So we want to make sure we choose a clear and concise subject line for our emails. Think about it. As I said, if you're applying for a job in the field of recreation or sport management, there might be 100 applicants for that one job. So when you're applying, if you're sending an email to the potential employer and you have a vague subject line such as hi or hey, then you are not standing out. That potential employer might have 100 emails coming from applicants plus all the emails they get throughout the course of their day. I know with me, I get anywhere from 20 to 30 emails in a given day and I might get 10 emails from students. If I don't know what class you're in, who you are, why, why you're emailing me, I might completely re- or skip over that email or not see it. So have a clear subject line. For example, a good subject line would be questions regarding potential employment opportunities or questions regarding a specific class. So for maybe an introduction class, questions regarding uh, introduction to recreation and sport management. That way the person know or reading the email knows exactly what is in that email. They can click on it, read it quick and respond quicker. So if you have a, a vague subject line, they might get, it might take them a little while to actually open the email and read it because they have other emails that they see where they know exactly what it is and how to respond. 
the last thing, uh, piece of advice I'm going to give with learning how to write a professional email is provide some type of specific sign-off. Don't just say best and then your name or kind regards. Rather, provide a specific thank you to the individual. These individuals that you're emailing, whether they're potential employers or professors, you're asking them a question, which is going to require them to respond in kind to you. So you want to thank them for taking the time to read the email, thank them in advance for taking the time to help you, thank them in advance for responding. So I always like to say something like, thank you in advance for answering my questions, or thank you for your help, I appreciate it. You can also say that you're looking forward to hear back to them. So maybe you say, thank you in advance for your help, I look forward to your reply. That way you're signifying that you know the person is helping you and providing you a service, you're being polite, and that reflects very well on you with either professors or, or uh, potential employers or uh, with your colleagues once you get a job. Tip number two that I have for college students to set themselves up for success in their careers and success while they're in college is to try new things and find what you love. So you need to put all these preconceived notions and ideas that you had maybe when you were in high school or when you were a child aside and experiment and try new things. As one student told me, There's just a lot of different avenues you can take besides having your brain locked in on you know, ESPN or a major sport team. So I would encourage students to do some research um, and understand what the sport landscape actually looks like from a business side. College should be a place for trying and failing because you have a controlled environment. So if you think you have an interest in a certain class or a certain topic, try by taking a class in that. If you think that you might want to go into sport communication and you're a sport management major, try a comm class. See how it feels. If you don't like it, that's fine. It's a controlled environment and those three credit hours or four or five credit hours aren't going to hurt you too much. Another thing that you should try to do a lot when you're in college is volunteer with different types of organizations. Within recreation and sport, I often tell students, start by volunteering. Pick an organization. Go and see if you like working for them. Pick different types of jobs. Go and try them and see what you like. This is a time where you can spend 5, 10, 20 hours volunteering and you can learn so much about that job while gaining valuable experience, which will help you in the long run. Get experience. Most jobs are concerned with what type of background and experience you have in the field of recreation and sport, not just the educational background. They want you to have experience as well. So as a student, it's important to intern whenever possible. That way you can gain knowledge and experience from professionals that are working in a career that you aspire to be in one day. Now, on the other side, if you're not volunteering, you might have this preconceived idea about what you want to do in mind. And then, as you get older, if you don't volunteer, you're going to graduate and you're going to enter and maybe get a job there. Well, what happens if after six months you find out that you hate that job? Well, now you're going to be looking for another job and you're going to start bouncing around from job to job. So instead of doing that, take the time while you're in college to volunteer and get out there. The only way that you can grow and learn about yourself is to try new things, which means you might have to push yourself beyond where you're comfortable. But the good thing is, especially within recreation and sport, most programs provide those opportunities and give you that little push for you. I think learning what you want to do and learning what you don't want to do is huge. So I would say get exposure. Um, 
find out what it is you want to do, find out what it is you don't want to do, and have an open mind when going into any market. The third tip that I have is one that seems obvious and yet students so often do not do, and that is read a little bit every day. So you're going to have reading that's assigned for you for probably every class that you have, and you should make sure to do that. Read the text that your professors are assigning. They're assigning them for a reason. They will pull test questions from those. Oftentimes, professors will only teach some of the text because they expect that you are reading it by yourself. But that should not be the only thing that you're reading. Pick up a book, a magazine, or go to the internet and find articles and try to read a little bit every day. Now, I'm going to advise you that you try to read a little bit every day about something you're interested in maybe going into. So for the field of rec and sport management, for example, there are a ton of great websites that talk about the business and management side of sport. For example, there's a website called SBRnet that provides a ton of different analytics about the business side of professional sports. There are journals such as the Sports Business Journal or Sports Business Chronicle, which you can subscribe to and get reduced rates because you're a college student that talk about all the business aspects and everything that's going on. So they might talk not talk about what happened on the field and what uh, happened to lead to someone winning a championship, but what they're going to do is they're going to take you behind the scenes and they're going to tell you what's going on in the stadium, how they're marketing the team, how they're marketing that game, how these teams are making money. Students have reported back that they never knew the business aspect before they entered the field, but reading can really help with that. You really don't realize, uh, I think, going into it, how much sports really is such a very you know cutthroat business, and it's just as much of a business as any other company out there. I mean, we get so caught up in the idea of sports being this unique market where it's solely based on the team on the field and how successful they are and you know that these guys are the only team and the only people that we're going to be associating with and you know i'm working for them and it's not necessarily like that i think there's millions of other various you know moving parts that you know continuously work together in this organization to make up the larger portion of the organizational structure and we get caught up in the you know the minute fact that the players and the personnel that we see on TV every, you know, game day is what we're, you know, we're a part of, we are, but that's not necessarily, you know, what you do. And I think there's a, such a bigger aspect in sports that, you know, you don't realize until you're in it. So, you know, I encourage all the students, if they have the opportunity to, to get that business background, that corporate setting, understanding what it's like to move um, in these different structures and the opportunities for growth within them. So find something outside of just your class reading and try to read a little bit every day, whether it's one or two articles uh, or whether it's a chapter in a book. But that reading is going to help set you up because it's just going to teach you more and more about the area that you're interested in. Tip number four, talk to your professors before, during, and after class. Remember, professors are there to not only teach you during class, but also to mentor you and help you learn and grow as a professional. If you have questions during class, please, please, please do not be afraid to speak up. Raise your hand, ask them. 
professors say this all the time, that there are no dumb questions. But what I like to tell students is if you have a question, there is probably someone else in this 30-person class that has the exact same question. So by you asking it, you're helping other people learn. You're also letting the professor know what it is that you don't understand, which helps us as professors to be better at presenting material. So please don't be afraid to, to ask questions during class. Now, don't be afraid to talk to question, uh, professors after class as well. Come by office hours. The most successful students are often those that come by office hours. Students may, might have a fear of a professor or think that the professor can't help them, but if you come to my office, I can take five, ten minutes and probably clear up any misunderstandings that you have. Use your resources. Go see the teachers. You know, during office hours, write them emails, ask them questions, and I have just learned that all the professors are here to help. They don't they don't just sit in their office because they really want to help and I have learned that if you struggle with something and you need an answer, just go ask. There's no stupid question. They're all happy if you come in and if you need help and if you need something explained, just go there and ask them for your, for their help. The other reason it's important to talk to professors before and after class is you want to develop relationships with them. You want to develop um, that mentor-mentee relationship because your professors, most of them, have actually worked in the field of recreation and sport. They have connections. They've graduated hundreds of students uh, who have gone out and gotten jobs. So if you have a specific area you want to go into and you start talking to that professor and developing that relationship, they might be able to give you contact information for someone else who's already doing what you're doing and be able to set you up for success as as you proceed. One of my former students did a good job pointing this out when she told me that current students should look to formulate relationships with their current professors. Build professional relationships with your professors. Don't just show up to class, take notes, and leave. Talk to your professors outside of classes and get them to know your name. Being a recent graduate, I've been able to talk to my RSM professors for career advice and I've also been able to put them down as references for job applications. Another former student agreed when he advised former students to. And use professors as a resource. These guys know the most and the, the best ways to get involved. They're here for you guys. And if you don't utilize them as a resource or as a, as a network or anything, I mean, you're, you're really setting yourself up for you know, the immediate failure at that point because you're not putting yourself out there. Tip number five, make professional connections. This is a carryover from tip number four, which is talk to your professors. Your professors should be good professional connections to you, but you need to go outside of just the professors. The world of sport is not about how much you know, but who you know. You can't be a reserved individual in this industry if you want to be successful. Don't be afraid to reach out to other professionals in the field. And don't be afraid to fall back on the student card. And, and by that I mean, don't be afraid to send them a professional email and say something like, I'm a student uh, trying to learn as much as I can about marketing or about event management. Oftentimes, people in the field of recreation and sport want to help current students because they remember how hard it was when they were a student. So don't be afraid to fall back and play that, that student card. And remember, you only have four or five years to play that card. So take advantage of that. 
Um, Also, you can develop professional connections through going to internship fairs. Almost every college has internship fairs or job fairs on their campuses. Go to those and practice talking to people. Get people's business card and then follow up with that professional email to start establishing a dialogue and developing that relationship. Now, you can also go to conferences. The field of recreation and sport has tons of conferences, both on the national, international, and then on the local level as well. Go to those conferences. Talk to professionals. Talk to other professors there. Ask them questions. Get information. And make sure every chance you get that you talk to someone, you follow it up with an email thanking them for taking the time to answer your questions. Those relationships that you start to build as a student are going to have profound impact on your ability to get jobs and be successful later. The most important thing students can do over the next three to four years to help them be successful as a student and help them get the job they want once they finish school is networking with other people in the industry and your fellow classmates. Tip six, learn the ins and outs of applying for jobs and internships before your last semester of college. I see this all the times with students. They are great students. They go through college. They get good grades. They're doing everything else, um, tips one through five above, and then they get to their last semester and they have no idea how to apply for jobs, how to search for internships. So what you need to start doing early is learn how to put together a proper cover letter, develop a resume, practice interviewing with individuals. All of that work that you're doing at an early stage, the more practice you get, the more you develop your cover letter and resume, the more prepared you're going to be when it comes time to actually apply for jobs and internships. If you have specific questions about jobs and internships, applying, again, go to your professors or your advisors. These are areas that your professors have a ton of experience themselves, and they're more than willing to help you as you go through the process. The earlier you start with them, the more time you give them to look over the material and answer your questions, the better off you're going to be as you start to get out into that world. Tip number seven, clean up your social media. Students are of a generation that they're so comfortable sharing everything they think with the world. They put everything about them out for display by anyone on the internet. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this, But you should be aware that the comments and the posts that you make, whether it's today or whether they were five years ago, can come back and hurt you when you are looking for a job. Employers in today's market routinely check social media to learn about people who are applying for their jobs. So do not let any inappropriate posts keep you from getting a job you want. It's very simple. Go back and clean up your accounts or make your accounts private so only your friends can see them. I would recommend doing both so that way there's no way that anyone can see inappropriate comments that you think, Um, but even just making it private can help you. This includes everything, whether it's Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, or whatever might come out in in the future, but you need to be careful with what you're posting out there. It is okay to have fun with social media, but you need to remember that what you post is a reflection of you, and it very well could be the first impression you make on a potential employer, and it could be the reason that you do not get a job. As I said earlier, when there are 100 people applying for a job in sport and recreation, the difference between number one and number 50 is oftentimes minimal. 
which means something like inappropriate comments or inappropriate pictures, that might be the thing that stands out that keeps you from getting that job over the other 49 people. The last piece of advice, tip number eight that I have to be successful in college as a student and to set yourself up for success as you enter the workforce is to get involved. Getting involved is a great way to meet new people who share similar interests with you and it's a great way to go back and hit on a previous tip of developing a network. Now, getting involved can mean a hundred different things. I would say maybe join a sports club, play in a murals, become a member of a fraternity or sorority, join a professional organization, or go out and volunteer, do internships. It really doesn't matter what it is as long as you are getting involved with other people. The idea is by getting involved, I'm learning about what it is that I'm that I might like and what I might not like. I'm able to try new things and find out what I'm love. A previous tip and I'm able to start to grow that network. A couple of stories from students really reflect the importance of this tip. Take one summer and do an internship. One summer is equivalent to two months out of your four years at college, maybe more years at college. Just do one, especially when hiring managers and um, talent acquisition people really look at your resume and see what you've done. I've had friends that I've graduated with text me and ask me how I've gotten the jobs I've gotten, but they don't have anything to show for it on their resume because they never volunteered or maybe they played a sport, but that's different once you get into sports management. You're not playing a sport anymore. So just take one or two summers, go home, work at your local minor league baseball team because I'm pretty sure there's one almost everywhere. Um, And just do that for three months. I promise you, I promise you that will help you once you start looking for jobs post-college. I think early on, if you volunteer your time, that goes a long way. Um, Simply volunteering for the Big South basketball tournament when I was on campus, I think I handed out t-shirts or handed out programs at the front. But when I got there, you know, you meet someone who is in charge and who has to hire volunteers and make sure that everyone does their job. So you see a different side to these events past being the consumer who's attending. Um, So as long as you volunteer and see these events for what they are, not just what a consumer could um, take in, I think that exposure goes a long way, especially early in someone's career um, in the RSM program. It is oftentimes those individuals that we meet in college and those relationships that we develop then that actually have the most impact on us throughout the rest of our lives, whether it's uh, from a friend relationship or whether it's a business relationship or an employee-employer. Networking played a huge part in my growth uh, as, as one of the sport managers in this industry. So for me, I took this internship as soon as I graduated did a summer internship, and uh, I learned a lot, probably one of my best experiences, and I learned a lot working in minor league baseball, and I knew that I wanted to work in, in baseball very much so. Um, I had to drive for it. Uh, wanted to do it, knew I wanted to do it. Ran into actually an old friend, roommate of mine, who happened to be a little older than me, uh, who were, happened to work for the Miami Marlins at the time, and I just finished up with my internship for the summer. Um, he reached out to me. I ended up, you know, staying in touch and we connected a little bit more and 
I one thing led to another, set up a couple interviews and landed the, the job working with Miami Marlins. And from there, I mean, it just catapulted me networking. It just catapulted me into other, in other avenues and other industries and, you know, facets of baseball, whether it's minor league, major league, you know, independent league, whatever it is. I feel like I've been all across the board. And if it wasn't for networking, I don't think I would have really had my shot. So get involved, try new things. It doesn't matter if it's playing sports, being in a fraternity or sorority, just get out there and stay active. So that's it. Those are our eight tips to be successful as a college student and to set yourself up for success as you start to look for jobs and enter the field of recreation sport management. Hopefully our advice, both mine and that of my former students, will stay with you as you continue throughout your college career and get ready to enter into the workforce. Now, I'm not saying that this is a comprehensive list. Again, this is a list that's just built on my personal experience of teaching over the last nine years and the experience of students who have gone through college and have now been working for anywhere from one to four years. Now, is there anything that we miss? Are there any other pieces of advice that you can think of that might benefit college students as they work to finish their degrees and enter into the workforce? If so, we would love to hear from you at thesportprofessor.com We would love to hear from you at thesportprofessor.com